A relationship is strengthened by trust, communication, patience, compromise, intimacy, finance, and respect. These are the building blocks of a long-lasting union. And once you sign on the dotted line, it becomes the business of marriage. To Death Do Us Part, hosted by Serena Goodman. Welcome to Know About the Business of Marriage podcast. We created this uh, and the, the target is to help some folks, right? People who are contemplating marriage, those who are already married, or some who are trying to figure out if they should exit the marriage. So today we're going to talk about how to choose a, how to choose a mate, right? And that's a big topic. That's a really big topic. So I want to I want to give you some history first. So let me give you some history. Back in about 1935, right when uh, President Roosevelt was in office, he came up with the Welfare Reform Act. And in the Welfare Reform Act, uh, the biggest part of that component was to disassemble the black family. Now, even we go further back into slavery, right? the big part there was to break down the black family. Let's go all the way up into the 60s. So we get into the 60s and now New York City had a rule. And so what was happening was that a lot of black folks was moving from the South and migrating to the North. So what they decided to do to make sure that they could stop certain folks from being able to benefit, if you will say, from the Welfare Reform Act is they came up with the no man in the house rule. You can look it up. I'm gonna give you some history right now. So the no man in the house rule meant that the social workers had to make these unannounced visits to black homes and make sure that there were no sight of a man in that home. If they found any signs of a, of a man in the household, if there was shoes in the household, if there was a suit in the household, if there was a shirt in the household, then that meant that the welfare checks was gonna stop and they were going to be turned off of welfare. So that's where all of this stuff really started to happen. Now, the breakdown of the black family is not anything new to us, but this is time to make a change. So how do we make a change? When we know better, we do better. So we're gonna, we're gonna unpack some stuff today of what you should look for when you're looking for a mate, First of all, you gotta know what the deal breakers are. You gotta understand what's the things that you cannot and will not tolerate, and that's important. The other thing is that you gotta figure out what you're doing. So what's your goal? So if you met, met someone, is it that you just want to date them? Is it that you, uh, you want to look into it and see if you can be married at some point? You have to know what it is, because if not, what are you doing it for? And all you have to do is label it. So if it's not for that. If it's just that you needed companionship and you wanted to get with someone uh, and you just wanted to keep your bed warm for a night, a couple of nights, a couple of nights a week, call it what it is. But understand that once you've made the determination that this person may be a person that could qualify as a mate for you, someone that it could move into marriage at some point, there's some things you should do. The first thing that you need to do is to take a real good look at that person and people will judge you by how you look. That first connection was not a verbal connection. The first connection is gonna be a physical connection, right? Because 
no one said anything to each other. So that whole chemistry thing that we talk about, that little extra something, something that's going on, that's something that comes from your sight. It went to your brain, and your brain said, I like that, right? You didn't get past anything else yet. So it's all visual. What I'm going to tell you to do is you're going to have to go past the visual because sometimes what's really, really good for you may not come in the package that you might have wanted it to come in. But some of those great attributes that when we go through some of them, that person may have it, even if they may not have the looks that you would have ordinarily wanted. So let's look at this for a second. So you met someone, you like the way he looks, he's appealing to you, that's fantastic. Let's go beneath the surface. Now there's some questions you should ask. Why date? The importance of dating is for you to gather data. That's what dating comes from. You gather the data. How do you gather the data? By asking those really, really important questions. So what important questions should you ask, right? What's some of the questions you should ask? So one of the questions that you might want to ask is, oh, you might want to ask them if they have any kids. That would be good. It would be good to know if the person has some kids or not. Or you would want to know, do they want kids? Or you would want to know, can they have kids? See, these are the questions that you need to ask. A lot of times people don't ask these questions. You get involved, you invest yourself, your heart, your money, because there's going to be some money spent here. So someone's paying for dinners and, and all these different activities that you're going to do, and someone's paying to get their hair done and their new outfit and all that other good stuff. So everybody's got an investment on whatever level it is, right? So once you figure out on this whole investment part, there's, and you ask those questions, so you want to know, right? Because if you're a person who wants to have children, then why would you go further with someone who says, I don't want any kids? That means that you're not, you're unequally yoked. A lot of times people think that being unequally yoked means that it's about money. It's not necessarily about money. Being unequally yoked means that you could also be unequally yoked in values, in your morals, in your goals, what you want for yourself is different from what they want for themselves. If they're a procrastinator, if you are a go-getter, you may not be a match for each other. And sometimes that's real. You can meet people and you could like them a whole bunch, but you're not a match for each other. And sometimes it takes a lot of courage to say, hey, you know what, I'm feeling you, I like you, but I don't think this is going anywhere. And if it's not going anywhere and you want it to go somewhere, if your goal is that you want to have a mate, invest in that, have a committed relationship, and then ultimately a marriage and a successful marriage, then there's some things that you gotta take a look at. All right, so we said, do you have any kids? That's important. Why would I say something like that? When you're first starting out, when you're in your 20s, very different, it looks very different in your 20s than it looks in your 30s, than it looks in your 40s, than it looks in your 50s and the 60s. Every decade, your thought process is going to change. So in your 20s, you meet someone and you're building together. His finances, her finances may not be such a big deal because you're growing together. You may not have any children at that particular point. So you're starting off and you're having children together. That looks very different. When you start to get in your 30s and your 40s, people have had some relationships already. And generally what will happen is that they'll have some children. How do you feel about a blended family? How do you feel about uh, coming into a household and 
Uh, maybe she told her son, you're the man of the house. What does that look like now when another man comes into the house? That changes things. That changes the dynamics of things. So that's a conversation that really, really has to take place in advance, right? Before you start going any further, right? Even when you start to meet her children, his or her children, because you have single dads. So you meet their children and you, you want to know what are the ages of your children. If someone has a three-year-old, a four-year-old, looks very different than getting in a relationship with someone who has a 19-year-old or a 16-year-old. There's, there's one period where kids could be real funky. And when they're real funky like that, no matter what you do to try to please them, sometimes it doesn't happen. It depends on how people raise their kids. You can't tell other people's kids what to do. So those are conversations that you're going to have to have. And it looks very different in every age group. So that's another thing. You want to observe and see whether or not the person is respectful, right? You might want to say to them, like, what kind of relationship do you have with your son or your daughter's uh, father or mother, right? You want to know. If they say something to you really, really nasty about that particular person, I would probably think that at some point they may say something nasty about you. So that's something that you want to think about because that's important. How they relate, even if the relationship failed, how do you co-parent? How are you respectful enough to co-parent? Are you mature enough to realize that the children come first and that how you see things and how that person see things is not the most important part of the equation. The biggest part of the equation is that the children are well-rounded and well-adjusted and well-loved and that they have both parents. I got some really interesting statistics that I, I came across. I thought it was really interesting. It says 74.3% of kids that are 18 and younger. So in white households, they have both parents. But 38.7% of kids that are 18 and younger are in African-American parents where they, they have two parents in the household. That's a drastic difference. A lot of times in this conversation, you're going to hear me talk a lot about uh, black families. Black families is my specialty. I'm a black woman. I know about black families. I know about black men. I know about black women. I know about black babies. So a lot of my conversation is about that. The other part of the reason is because the needs of the black man and the black women are very dis different than those of my Caucasian sisters and brothers. It's very different. The struggle is very different. How we relate to each other is very different. How we blend our families together is very different. When you get in your 40s and 50s, the chances of you coming across someone who don't already have children with maybe one or two other people is very unlikely. And what does that look like? How do you, how do you get all of that together? All right, so now that you know, you want to ask about children. So that's a factor. You want to see if the person is respectful. Watch how they behave under pressure. How do they handle a situation when it doesn't go their way? Yeah, that's an important component. So when you're looking for a mate, you want to see how do they handle pressure? How do they handle their finances? Yeah, are they a person that says, well, you know what, I'll pay that later, or I want that expensive bag, so I don't care. I'm only going to pay half my rent this month because I really want to spend the other half on it on doing something for my car or whatever it is. That's something that you have to look at is how they handle their finances. 
that's another another important part. When you choose a mate, a man, well, and a woman, I would say you want to know if they could cook. Cooking is not important. I think cooking is very important. Why? Because as women, we are, and we sh we should be, and we were geared to be responsible for the nourishment of our families to make sure that our men eat well and to make sure that our children eat well. And if nothing that we got out of the pandemic when all the restaurants was closed, that if you didn't know how to cook, then shame on you. Because if you don't know how to take care of yourself and take care of the needs of your family, then that means you was gonna place yourself in an unfortunate situation. So if you get with somebody because she's fine or, and, or he's fine, but he can't cook, she can't cook. Because at some point, if you're going to coexist, right, you're going to want to divide up some of the responsibilities in the household. So do you want to do all the cooking, or would you like him to be able to help out, maybe cook two days a week, something of that nature? But it's important, men, that you should look and find out if the woman can cook. And if she's healthy, if she can cook healthy foods. I mean, it's fine to eat certain things, but, you know, when you, when you know better, you do better. So we know that we, in our communities, have the highest level of diabetes, uh, 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 hypertension, heart disease. So you want somebody who's going to at least be mindful of, yeah, maybe there's some times they're going to cook you some of that down south, you know, comfort food. But for the most part, they're going to try to feed their family something that's good and something that's healthy. So that's something else that you want to take a good look at is if they can cook. Not if they can order food. I don't care if they're cute and they can order food. At some point, guess what? Everything's going to fade. Cuteness ain't going to be the same cute forever. And the way the bodies look after a while, gravity takes its toll and stuff start hanging and sagging. And it's just, listen, that's just the world, the way of the world, and that's life. It's going to happen. That's the reality of it. Rather you like it or not, how she looks today or how he looks today is not how he's going to look 20 years from now if you plan on hanging around for that long. So you want to know if they could cook. The other thing is when you go to their house, you want to know if they could clean. That's, a, that's another factor. Can they clean? The fact that they could come outside of the house and they're in, they in, uh, on point with their outfits is, is fine and their shoes is matching and they got this power handbag. What good does that matter if you go into their house and you can't even find a place to sit down? Or you sit down and you got rolled up panties in the sofa. Or if you go into the kitchen and you get a glass of water and the glass is so greasy it's sliding out your hand. I don't really care how fine a person is if they keep a dirty, filthy house. Or if they have children and they don't take care of them. Does he take care of his kids? Does he take on the responsibility of his children? Does she take good care of her kids? That's another question that you gotta ask. You have to ask all of these questions. That's why you date. Take your time, breathe, and gather data. Because sometimes what happens is that, especially if it's great sex, that becomes the forefront. That becomes the deal breaker. But when that becomes a deal breaker and that sometimes starts to fade, then the question is, what else do you have with you? It's important that you have something else going with you. Now, I'm going to tell you that there are some rules that I want you to keep in mind. And if you get some pen and paper, uh, make sure you write this down. When you look for a mate, I don't want you to overcompromise yourself. Now, see, if my partner was here today, we probably going back and forth with this one. 
but I don't want you to overcompromise. And what do I mean by overcompromise? If it's something that you definitely are uncomfortable with, it's something you don't want to do. Do not say yes when you really mean no. And then get into a relationship and then now that person is looking for you to do those things that you said yes to that you don't want to do. Because that's overcompromising yourself. That's why you date. Take the time to fill out what are your deal breakers. And if that's something you don't want to do, then say, no, I don't want to do it. And if that means that you are unequally yoked, then so be it. Then you go your way and that person goes their way. And there's nothing wrong with that. Because sometimes you're going to kiss a whole bunch of frogs before you find a prince in, or a king in that batch. And sometimes it happens. And that's real life stuff. It's not easy. This, this journey for finding a mate is not an easy one. So I don't want you to overcompromise yourself. And don't betray yourself. You say, okay, what does she mean by don't betray yourself? Like, be honest to yourself. If, if what's important to you is honesty and transparency, then make that your deal breaker. Don't go through the whole relationship making believe that it's not important to you that you have honesty in the relationship. In reality, that's something that you really, really want. If it's what you want, you put it on your list of must-haves and you do not betray yourself. The worst thing you can do is to betray your needs and give that over and relinquish that power to someone else. That's something that you don't want to do. Another rule you want, do not get in a relationship with someone who doesn't want to talk. If you find yourself spending the evening with somebody, y'all might be doing all kinds of activities. As long as you're doing activities, that's cool. But when you want to get into a conversation, right, a real deep, transparent conversation, and they keep dipping and diving every time you want to have that conversation, leave them alone. Why leave them alone? Because you're never, ever going to understand them. You're never going to understand them. You're never, ever going to connect with them. You're never, ever going to get down to, the, to their soul to understand what they want out of life. And that's very, very important. So if you get come across someone who just doesn't want to talk, they don't, you know, hey, we don't need to do that much talking. Let's just, you know, have fun. Let's just enjoy each other. Then that means that if what you want is different from what they want, then you're unequally yoked and you're not a good match for each other. The other thing is I want you to stop looking. I want you to stop in the morning going out with the goal, today I'm going to find a man. Today I'm going to bag me somebody. I don't want you to go out that with that mindset. If what you really, really want is a mate, a committed relationship, and a healthy marriage, then you're going to have to work on yourself. There's a lot of times you're going to hear me during the podcast, the whole history of this, you're going to hear me say stuff like, I come to the table a whole person. And the reason I say I come to the table a whole person is because if I come to the table as a broken vessel and I'm looking for someone else to complete me, to make me a whole person, that's borderline codependency. And if that other whole person should someday disappear, guess what happens? Then here I am 
that broken woman again. So what you have to do, stop looking. First work on yourself. Do that work on yourself. Clean your house. Get your mind in order. Get your finances in order. Work on yourself. And then be able to come to a relationship when it presents itself as a whole person. A lot of times people say, I can't find this, I can't find a mate, can't find this. Okay, oh, the only people that come to me are, are you know, thug-like people or people who, you know, they don't have no job. Okay, listen. You draw to you what your energy is drawing. And that's what's very important is that sometimes you have to put yourself in different circles. A lot of times people put themselves in the same circle with the same type of people that they don't want to draw. So excuse me, if you are putting yourself in the same circle time and time again, you won't get the same results. Isn't that the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing repeatedly and expecting a different result. Well, if you want to keep putting yourself in the same circles with the same type of people time and time again, then that's what you're going to get. It's going to keep coming back to you. You have to change that. The only person that can change the direction of how it's going to go is you. And if you're not willing to do the work that's going to require it, of yourself to get you in that healthy place to be a whole person to come into a healthy relationship and be ready when he comes or she comes it's just not going to happen you know i i um and i'm not a big steve harvey fan i'm gonna i'm gonna I'm keep it 100 i'm not a really big steve harvey fan but steve harvey told this story one time and he said this story that uh he was trying to get a car and so he had this little jalopy in the, in the driveway, right? And every single time he tried to get another car, for whatever reason, it just didn't work out. And so he had this car sitting in the driveway. It was on some cinder blocks and it was all beat up or whatever. And uh, what, he, he went to his grandma and he was like, listen, I keep trying to get a car, but I can't get a car. And what she said to him was, as long as you got this jalopy sitting in the driveway on the cinder block, taking up space, you don't have room enough for the new car. Now, what am I saying with that? As long as you go through life holding on to baggage, as long as you go through life with some junky trunk and stuff sitting in your driveway, you don't have room enough for no new person to come in because you got too much baggage already. So you're going to have to unload some of that. See, that's some of that work I'm talking about. And people want it. People want success. They don't want to sacrifice. Successful relationships take sacrifice. It takes commitment. It takes compromise. But at first, it takes that you got to do the work in yourself. So eventually, he had that junk towed off the driveway and eventually he got himself a new car. And we know Steve Harvey got some money now. So, But my point that I'm making, and I want everybody to understand this, is that it's doable. Healthy relationships are doable. And we could break this cycle. Even though during slavery, slavery times, the goal was to dismantle the black family, 
Welfare Reform Act, 1935, dismantle the black family, the, re the reincarnation of the Welfare Reform Act in the 60s, dismantle the black family. We could change that. And how we change that is by having communication and we gotta be on the same team. Black men have gone through a lot. And sometimes we do need to be more understanding and it's not easy to be a black man in today's society. It's not easy to be a black woman in today's society. And that's how I see it. So I'm hoping that you got some pointers today on how to select a mate. And believe me, when I say select or choose, you are choosing. You have the right to choose. You have the right to choose what you want in your circle and what you do not. A long time ago, someone said that I come across like a person who's got a peephole in their life and they look through the peephole and they figure out who's coming in and who's not. And guess what? They are absolutely correct. I choose my circle. I keep it as tight as I want it. And I keep it that way because not everyone deserves to be in your circle. You have to select that. Who do you want in your circle? Is it mutually beneficial for both of you? Those are the questions that you have to ask. And you can't be afraid to have those difficult conversations. If you can't have a conversation about finances, if you can't talk about your children or your, your exes and you can't tell them what went wrong so that you know how to fix it, if you can't tell somebody your inner thoughts, you can't tell them what your morals are, what your values are, rather you want children, rather you don't want children, if you can't be truthful and honest with your mate, then what kind of relationship are you really, truly going to have? How successful do you think you're really going to be? So that's why we do the business of marriage, because there's a lot to this. It's not such a simple formula. It's not a simple formula, but you can win at it if you want. A relationship is strengthened by trust, communication, patience, compromise, intimacy, finance and respect. These are the building blocks of a long-lasting union. And once you sign on the dotted line, it becomes the business of marriage.